This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forster, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. And today, super excited to bring you the why guy. (laughs) Now you may be asking, the why guy? (laughs) This this is Dr. Craig Farney. He's my doctor. And the man has helped me uh, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. And sometimes Craig will just sit there and go, but why? But why? So he is absolutely the why guy. (laughs) But the amazing thing is, that as you work through stuff with him, you begin to understand the root of things. And like we'll get into here, um, I, I'm pretty sure, Craig, you and I will get to the conversation of, you know, what we believe and what's the truth and, you know, as it relates to us. So um, Craig has been one of those that has helped me immensely and just kind of helped me dismantle stuff, not always willingly. Uh, from my side, but he has been patient with me and uh, firm to encourage me. So it is with great pleasure that uh, I have Dr. Craig Farney with me. How are you doing today, Craig? I'm doing well. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate the uh, glowing endorsements and uh, <laughs> the opportunity for you and I to have a conversation. Well, you and I have always been, you know, truth in, truthful in our conversation. Right. It's, it's, it's not always been fun in the moment, right? Dude, like the growth that occurs from it. I'm like, yeah, that needed to happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes the biggest growth comes from the biggest pain, you know? Oh yes. (laughs) So yeah, but that's where I was like, well, this is how you and I have conversations and this is how you've helped me heal, you know, is putting, separating my emotions and working through them. You know, you've been, uh, like a, a health coach for me. So, um, yeah, so I appreciate you coming on and, uh, dude, I would love to jump into how does life look like for you on the professional side of life? So professionally, as you know, I work out of Doser Life Center. I'm traditionally trained as a chiropractor, which is, seems a long way from what I actually do now more than anything, (laughs) but I still do some of the uh, traditional chiropractic stuff. What I mostly do though, is what we call frequency work or energy work, which is kind of a similarity to uh, kinesiology. Um, We basically ask the body questions and really seek to get at what's going on with each individual. I think I mentioned this on another podcast that I was on that um, we seek to ask what is the most important thing the person is experiencing in this moment and what is the most important thing we can do to help them. So that's kind of what I do. I, you know, as you talked about, I love diving into the mindset. It is, I think that is actually the root cause of, of illness. They think, there are two states of being that you can be in. You're either in more of a what's called a parasympathetic dominant state, which means you're in rest and digest and heal and repair, or you're in fight or flight mode, which many people are familiar with. And so, and I think it's kind of a ratio of what percentage we're in each one. Uh, the truth is, we're not meant to be completely parasympathetic. We're not meant to be completely sympathetic. There's supposed to be a healthy ratio. The problem is. To whatever degree we're in fight or flight, you can't be healthy in that state. And so I think the problem is it has just become our new normal. I mean, I don't think we even realize we're in stress when we're in stress nowadays. You know what I mean? We just, especially as guys, we just kind of power through and I might just keep moving forward instead of actually just stopping and taking time to acknowledge, okay, is this coming from a healthy place or an unhealthy place? So. We also started our own podcast series. We even consulted you on that, which you know, which we called Dosair Digest. And I 
can't remember the tagline at the moment. I think taking complex issues and breaking them apart or something along that lines. But so things are going well. They're um, like many things in life. They're never completely where we want them to be. And they're also good. And, and as we'll talk about later on, you know me, I'm really big on words that I use. Um, I don't like using the word but because I think it kind of wipes out what went before. And so it's both challenging and good. And so that's one of the things I'm really learning in my journey is to not so much identify with the emotions as opposed to just allow myself to experience and uh, choose the reaction or actually even more the response that I want to have in, in connection to it. So, yeah. And when you said about the whole thing of being in, in a stress state right, mm-hmm. and not realizing it. Right. That has happened numerous times where I'll come in right. and you're just like, Hey, I'm picking this up. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Let me dig through the other things at the front of my mind, you know, that I to kind of put this yeah. off to the side. Right. And, uh, well, and that's kind of, that's kind of the principle, you know, we've talked about many times. I think so many of us just kind of bury those emotions deep down inside of us. And we think, well, that, they're fine. They're gone. Now they're still stuck down inside of you. You're just not consciously aware of them. That's, I think the biggest thing I find in my office, it's not so much what we experience consciously. That's the major issue. It's what's going on subconsciously and unconsciously that I think is really the driving force in our overall well-being. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> well, how, how does life look like on the uh, personal side for you? Well, personally, I've been married over 30 years to a very wonderful person. Um, and we get along all the time. <laughs> no, she's, Corey's a great gal and she has been a, I would not be the man I am today without her. So I, um, I know you jokingly said this, I give her props for sticking with me. This. <laughs> yeah. I've absolutely said that about Kathy. So yeah, it's, so it's, it's the truth. Have, though, man. Yeah. I also have four kids. I'm 28, 26. 22 and 20. And so they're getting to experience the joys of adulthood. So how many of us, if we could, would like to just creep back and be children again. <laughs> so, but it'd be much easier, doing, right? Yeah. I mean, they have their own challenges they're getting to experience and, you know, we're doing our best to guide them um, in the way that we think would be most healthy for them. So, mm. well, one thing I wanted to, kind of start out our conversation on because you and I have talked about this before, you know, like um, when Kathy and I were first married, our money struggles, you know, that was stuff that how I perceived myself and, uh, you know, you and I have talked about, um, you know, like our relationship with money, how we see money and how it relates to us as men and our worth Mm -hmm. or lack of feeling worth. Right. Um, like what was kind of your journey with money as far as, you know, how you started out and now where you've gotten to. So <clears throat> I grew up in a household of six kids. My parents had six kids in seven years. Um, so there was a lot of demands. Um, we weren't poor, but we weren't wealthy. We were kind of middle of the low. And I probably say a little bit below middle of the road. So. My parents had money challenges, not because they weren't hard workers. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and they made that choice, you know, to uh, for her to raise us and guide us and all that type of stuff. It's funny. I have, I have two. I have a couple of memories that really stick in my mind that were really kind of defining points for me in my own mind, and this is what I find interesting too, because. You can have two kids grow up in the same household and they don't have the same perception when it comes to money. And for whatever reason, money has been a very big value point trigger for me. Um, There was a particular occurrence when I was younger when I think it was, it had to be almost grade school or middle school where I was going on some trip with some church group or something. And it must have been for multiple days because at the end of it, I remember we were going out to eat and I didn't have any money left. 
And I felt very embarrassed. I felt ashamed. I felt, um, I felt poor. And as I've worked through my own personal issues at my core, that's one of the things I struggled with is I identified with myself as being poor. And so even as an adult, even as we would get, you know, as I struggled initially in practice and then um, I actually took over a practice and got to a place where we actually had excess. And even then I still didn't feel secure. You know, I, I, it's like I tried to squeeze and hold on to money really, really tight to try to uh, prepare for, you know, what I feared the most. And so there's still some of that that I still am challenged with today. In fact, you know, as we talked about offline, there's, there are some things that are challenging me that have come up pulling us recently that are weighing heavy on me. And, and we talked, you know, beforehand that right in this moment, I don't really feel the way I would want to feel right now. I, I feel challenged. I feel overwhelmed. I feel frustrated. I feel a lot of feelings that I really don't want to feel. And, and right in this moment, life is not exactly going the way I would want it to go. And I'm working my way through it. That, you know, that's what I think is really important. And like we talked about, this is what I hope I can share with other people is that we get so wrapped up in what we feel, what we believe, and we don't even take the time and go, is that really true? So just because I feel poor doesn't mean I am poor. And in fact, logically, I know that I'm not, you know, that I don't remember who it was I was talking to, but you know, that the level of being in the top 1% of the world is not near what we think it is. You know, we tend to think those are the millionaires of billionaires. No, it's not. The top 1% of the world is probably your upper middle class in America. And so, you know, I, I have a very nice house. I have, I think we have, we at one point had five cars or four people. And, you know, I'm like, and I'm worried about being poor. I'm not poor. I'm not, you know, every time I drive down the street and I see somebody that's out there begging for food or for money, I'm like, Dude, you're, you're very blessed. So the thing I've struggled with is, okay, well, if I am, why don't they feel that? And that's like what, as we talk further, I want us to get into is what, what I really work to do with people is, is getting at that root cause. Of- so when you're like in the midst of it, mm-hmm. right. And you're feeling, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I do feel poor. Right. How do you like work to separate it? And I'm. I know for me, when I come across those emotions, it's not just a trigger and like, Hey, I'm in a different place. Right. It's a, a continuing intentional process to reset. Like, how are you going through, you know, when you're feeling poor, but you're like, I know this isn't the reality and there's just that discrepancy. How do you work through that? Right. So part of the work I start to do. This has kind of been a real personal journey because the other thing I've struggled with most of my life too is mental, emotional stresses, mental, emotional feelings. I've struggled with depression in the past. I've struggled with anxiety to the point of being bedridden with vertigo for a week or more. So I understand the intense uh, mental health stresses that people can experience. Uh, we have some of that even um, genetically within our family. My brother struggles with schizophrenia. So what I sought to do, it's interesting because initially I thought, okay, what I need to do is figure out how to get rid of all the bad feelings. Because if I can get rid of that, then I'll be happy by default. And what I've come to realize recently is it's not about getting rid of the bad feelings. It's it's about figuring out how to walk your way through it. Because to me, I'll go back to that parasympathetic, sympathetic dominance kind of thing is that you're in one of two mindsets. You're either in an I can't mindset or an I can mindset. And what I think happens to us is we feel these feelings and we immediately go, I can't deal with this. This is too much. I I just want to get away. And so I'm going to either go do some type of distractionary activity or eat some comfort food or do something to just get my mind off of it. Or... What we can do is go, I can deal with this. It isn't what I want to feel. In fact, right now, I don't feel what I want to feel. 
and I can work my way through this. And so there's a couple of different um, strategies I've learned to use over time. The first is there's three questions that I ask myself. What do I feel? And there, from my perspective, there are three basic uh, bothersome emotions, fear or anxiety, sadness or depression, and then anger or frustration. Something along those three avenues is what we're going to tend to feel. And then what I ask is, where do I feel it? Do I feel it in my head? Do I feel it in my chest? Or do I feel it in my gut? And I think this relates to our conscious, subconscious, and unconscious, or what we think, what we feel, what we believe, or our head, our heart, and our soul, however, whatever terms you want to use. Mm-hmm. And then the, the most important question, though, and like you introduced me as, is why? Why do I feel what I feel? And what I've found more often than not, if I can get it up to my conscious level, there is no real logical reason to feel what I feel. It's based on old patterns of belief that don't really hold true. And so that's ultimately what I'm trying to do is get at where is this feeling coming from? And we've talked about this in the office. And this is the, I think what unifies all mankind is at our core. I think we all struggle with the same basic concept. I'm not good at something wrong with me, which are basically the flip side of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And so if you can come to the realization of, oh, this trigger just made me feel this same old tired pattern. And so what I've come to realize, if I can come to this place and really realize that I am good enough and there is nothing wrong with me, then I can actually go through any type of stresses, be it financial challenges, be it, you know, relationship challenges, be it whatever, then I can work my way through so it's really, it's really being aware of, oh, I slipped back in that old mindset of I can't. Now I'm going into stress mode and now I'm going, I can't deal with this. And that's not true. So one thing that I've seen myself and, and other guys do as well is I, when those events occur, right, I'm late on paying a bill, um, right. you know, the car broke down whatever the case may be. And there's a lack or you didn't hit your, you know, commission at work, whatever the case may be. It's almost looking to validate those past beliefs um, that you hold on to. Right. In, in those three questions that you're, you're asking why, how are you separating it out so that it's, not just compounding or reinforcing that belief, right. but you're able to kind of cut away and go, yes, that's how I felt, but that's not the truth. Because I mean, I, right. I, I want to make sure that it's like, we're not just stuck in that gut right. aspect. How do we elevate ourselves? I'm glad you brought that up because that is kind of, I was thinking about this, that this is the second part of it is I pay very close attention to the words I use. And I would encourage anybody that's listening to this, just take a few minutes and actually listen to the words you use. So I'll give you an example. If I say I am poor, that's an identity. If I say I feel poor, that's an experience. And so that's one of the biggest things I've learned to do is, hey, I am very very aware of anything that I put after the word I am. Even I am tired. I will say I feel tired as opposed to I am tired. Because again, I am our identity statements. And guess where the identity aspect of our life goes to? Right to the gut. Those are statements coming from the gut or those are actually programs that we're putting on the gut. And so that's one of the things that I, if you can, it's all about reframing. Because right now, in our mind, based upon old habits, we're framing it from the perspective of our, of our own value and our own identity. We're framing it from that perspective of, well, this is happening because I'm not good enough. This is happening because something's wrong with me. Mm. No, it is. Here's what I, something else that helped a realization I had. In order for us to feel something, there has to be a thought process. Now, it isn't always necessarily a conscious thought process because one, one of the things that the brain will always seek to do is make things subconscious because it's way more efficient energy-wise. Mm-hmm. And so you'll have a neurologic thought pattern that you're not even aware of that is occurring that's actually causing you to feel something. 
So I think some of this even started one time I was, I don't even remember exactly what I was doing, but I was doing something compensation wise, some comfort activity that, you know, I didn't, wasn't feeling what I wanted. And so I just stopped and go, you know, this isn't really giving me what I'm after. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And then I go, okay, well, what am I feeling? Oh, well, I feel this. Well, what was I thinking that made me feel that made me? And so once I realized the process of what's occurring, that it's a thought that leads to a feeling that leads to a belief that then gets repeated and becomes a subconscious pattern and doesn't take any time. This is why, you know, if you've ever caught yourself in action, you go, how the heck did I get here? And, and if you can start to, it's really one of the biggest, the first points that I always try to get people to do, it's all about gaining awareness. Because if I can start to become aware of something earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier, having greater opportunity to actually make a choice as opposed to just react. And we've talked about this in my office. And this is one of the things I heard that for most people, there's a trigger and there's a reaction. Instead of having a trigger and then a feeling and then a pause and then a response that's actually chosen. And that's one of the things I'm really working to do is go, how do I get to that place where I get to choose? So that's a couple of the things that I find that really helped me. But it's, words are very important. We jokingly said this before. How many times do people use the word should, need to, have to? Yeah. You're left with two options. One is you do it and you don't really feel like you wanted to do it. Or two, you don't do it and then you feel guilty. And neither one of those are good options. So again, it's more of the wordplay that I really pay attention to. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to use the word could or working on or a choice-based phraseology as opposed to guilt-based phraseology. Yeah, almost like somebody else's expectation that you've adopted for yourself, right? Right. Anytime I hear the word shit, I'm like, that's somebody else's standard. That's not your standard. Right. So you had talked about pausing before we react when there's a trigger. Right. Now I'll just touch on my own life. Four children like yourself, married. There's mm-hmm. triggers, man. <laughs> so talk about yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if there were no triggers? Um yeah. you know, and I mean, even at work, right? There's stuff that can go on that can be a trigger. Right. How do you how do you train yourself to pause after you're triggered? Because for me, man, when I was triggered, it was launch. You know, there was no uh, countdown. So how do you, how do you learn to build in a pause before you respond? It goes back to awareness. So it's, you're not going to, you're not going to magically dump a pause in there. It's going to start with going with taking time to evaluate a unhealthy reaction. It's going, okay. I did not manifest who I wanted to manifest. Why? What was I feeling? What set it off? Because you can usually identify the trigger. Mm-hmm. So if you actually take the time and go, okay, what <laughs> this happens in marriage all the time. We say something and the spouse does not receive it how it was intended to be said. And they react in a way that we didn't expect and so and this goes both ways you know i've done this to my wife my wife's done this to me is again it's how i how i hear what they're saying as opposed to what they're actually saying Mm. so it's taking the time to actually pull the whole thing apart here's the other challenge point with humankind is the brain has this amazing ability to protect ourselves at its core, the very bottom thing that the brain wants to do is protection. Survival is the baseline of everything. And so you have an experience that the brain goes, that was dangerous, but we survived. Mm-hmm. And we survived. <laughs> and what it does then is go, okay, now we want to be on the lookout for anything that's similar to that. 
And so now what starts to happen is you have this large mass of, well, this is like this, this initial trigger. And so it's bad too. And this is bad. This is bad. It's like you're on guard all the time. So take that same concept now and you have an experience with your spouse that goes, wow, that didn't quite go the way I wanted to. And that kind of frustrated me. Well, then the next time you have anything that's close to that, you're going to have an even bigger response and then even bigger and even bigger. And it just, it just creates this huge mass that, that we can't untangle in that moment. And so we have this reaction. I mean, we've all experienced this where you blow up at something that in and of itself is very tiny. You go, what the heck's going on here? Well, what happened is you have this, this connection that you didn't even see that's going on subconsciously. And so what it's learning to do is to take these apart piece by piece and dealing with each one of them for what they are. If that makes sense, it's, it's, if you paid a bill late, you think, well, that means I'm poor. No, it just means you paid the bill late. Right. Right. So were you after, you know, after these triggers occur and you're off to the races, right? You get set off, you know, then you set your wife off and you're both spinning. Are you then reflecting back on that to see like just how you were asking questions earlier? Right. Are you kind of going back and in essence, replaying it to see like, okay, what, what was said that triggered me, whether it be the kids, the wife or a coworker. Right. Um, and then kind of doing that introspection. Is that how you're working right. through that? Right. It's really just, it's pulling it apart and going, okay, what really happened here? Because it all happens so fast. Yeah. And if we don't slow the process down, you're never going to change it because you're not, what you're not getting at is the underlying pattern. That's the problem to get with. Mm. And, and that's, you know, we've talked about in my office, again, if you actually take any time to me, you go into an unhealthy response, it always comes down to what you think and feel about yourself. Always. It's not, <laughs> it, it's kind of like another thing. That, it, it's funny. We go walking through the world thinking, all these bad things that people are thinking about us, they're doing the same thing. Nobody is thinking about anybody else but themselves. And we're worried about what they might be thinking about us. So that's really what it comes down to is if I get triggered, it very rarely does it have anything to do with what was said. It's what was said triggered me thinking unhealthy thoughts about myself. Or it, as you talked about, what we're afraid of more than anything is that it validates what we're afraid of about ourselves, which so, that kind of ties into something else. I think we've talked about in the office as well is what I also pay attention to is the level of engagement, because from my perspective, anger is always a cover for a sadness or being overwhelmed and overwhelmed is always a response to fear. And again, I think the ultimate bottom line theory is I'm not good enough. I, something's wrong with me. Gotcha. Make sense. Yeah. So as you're, you know, going through with, with clients and you see, you know, other guys that they start on this process of self-reflection, right? What's often like the, the thing that stops us from continuing on that, that, you know, causes us to throw up our hands and go, I'm done. This isn't working. You know, this just isn't for me. Like what stops us from the success that we can we can have through that growth of self-reflection and an analysis that you've talked about. Right. The thing that stops us the most is we, we don't want to feel what we feel. So let me explain that further. So we, we've talked about the best moments you ever have is when you know that you know that you know. And to me, what that means is that you know it in your head, you know it in your heart and you know it in your soul. What sits in your gut. So, we have an experience. We don't like what we feel. And really what we don't like is the reaction to the feeling. That's really what bothers us. And so what, what guys especially do is, well, I'm going to shut that feeling down right now. And I won't have the reaction. And so what we end up doing is we live in most of our, live most of life out of our head. We try to figure everything out in our head. And so <laughs> here's an example. And you and I have talked about this. 
when we have a conversation that doesn't go well, what do we do the next time? Well, we're going to practice this time. I'm going to, I'm going to play this scenario out in my head and I'm going to get it go just right. And then it doesn't go the way we think. And so that's one of the little tools I've used. Is like, if I find myself having an imaginary conversation, I stop it right there because it never goes the way I think it's going to go. Yeah. So here's what I've learned to do is to go, okay, I can either just live the rest of my life out of my head. And, and the problem with that is because we're not dealing with the emotion in the moment, it doesn't go away. It just builds up. And this is why we explode at times because we've ignored and we've ignored and we've ignored or we've pushed away uh, these emotions and tried to stuff them down inside ourselves. And then you have that last straw that breaks the camel's back and you blow up. Mm-hmm. And all that emotion comes flooding out that really has little to do with what triggered it in that moment. And so what I'm learning to do is allow the emotion to go into my heart and actually just feel what I feel. And, and since I've worked on this, I I have learned how to create that pause. And I've learned to sometimes just sit in my emotion. And you know, like we talked about beforehand, right now I feel anxious. I feel frustrated. I feel depressed. I feel overwhelmed. And I can deal with this. I can just feel the feeling. It doesn't mean I have to react in a certain way. It means I feel the feeling and then I take time and go, okay, now that I've allowed myself to feel it, how do I want to respond? And I actually get to choose the response I want. And it also allows me to be more of the person I really want to be. Because when we when we react, we don't tend to be the person we want to be until we get the healthy patterns into the subconscious. Yeah, very true. Hi, Coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Living Fearless Today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. One thing I want to highlight is that it's like as much growth and self-reflection as you've done and continue to do, you're still growing. Yes. And it's like, I think we can almost look at it as guys like, hey, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get such and such size arms and I will have arrived. And right. you're, you're, you're saying you're going to continue to go to the gym and you're going to continue to, you know, work right. on your muscles right. in a different way, deeper right. way. And you're going to continue to change your like emotional and mental physique, so yes. to speak. It's not, yes. Hey, you have to arrive in this time. It's like, guess what? You're on a journey. And I think so many of us get ticked off and frustrated with it's like when am i going to arrive so exactly Uh, yeah and it's here's the other part that i think is really challenging i'm finding that the deepest held most painful uh, flawed beliefs it takes intense pressure to get them to come to the surface which makes sense because at some point, your brain said, we can't deal with this. and We're going to hide this away in a deep, dark closet. And anytime you come near it, the brain said, I already told you once, this we can't deal with this. Why are you trying to open this door? You know, it's got those closets unlocked and, you know, all kinds of, one of them I think are held in Fort Knox. Right. So it's also, I think, here's it. Here's another concept I think is important as well. What I used to think is I'm going to dig down and I'm going to dig up the root and I'm going to throw the root away. That's not how it works. What I've learned to do is it's a matter of transformation. 
It's digging down to the deepest unhealthy seeds within our belief system and transforming them into truth. Because if you can bring them to the light of day, they get transformed because the lies pull apart and you're left with the truth. You know, one of the things we talked about, money has been one of my biggest challenge points. My relationship with God has also been one of my biggest challenge points. And it's, it's held at a very, very deep level. And, and this is what I think gets really interesting too, because I think a big portion of our belief systems are imprinted on us in the early years of our life. Well, we're not really even consciously aware of what's going on. And we hold beliefs that may not even fully be ours. I think sometimes we inherit belief systems or inherit the energy of belief systems that we may have to work through. That's it's a generational curse, for lack of a better term. And so that's some of the stuff that you got to take into account, too. So it, it's, it's, it's simple and it's not easy. Yeah. And it can be our perception, just like you talked about, you know, Always. siblings from it's the same family, one yes. seeing that, hey, I feel poor or I am poor. And the other one right. going like, uh, I'm in, I'm living in abundance. Like, what's wrong with you? What are you seeing the, the poor? You know, it's right. a perception of um, a situation or somebody else's belief or somebody that we're trusting to right. care for us and keep us secure. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, they're speaking. It, of per- you either perceive it as an identity or you perceive it as a circumstance. It's, I also think this speaks to this is where I think so many people try to, if they could just get control of their circumstances, if I could just have the right house, the right car, the right spouse, the right kids, the right, all of this stuff, then I will feel okay. And the problem is it doesn't work. And this is why, you know, you have, movie stars that are taking their own life because they had everything and they still weren't okay with themselves. And this is what I think the key is just getting real with yourself and just being honest and go, okay, this is what I think. This is what I feel. This is what I've come to believe. Now, do I want to keep doing what I'm doing or do I want to change it? And we, one of the most liberating things is when you come to the realization that I don't have to keep doing what I'm doing. I can change this. I, this can be transformed. And that's, that's one of the cool things I'm experiencing even right now is there is this, I know in my head that, that what I'm feeling is not my identity. And I even can feel it in my heart where I'm challenged right now. Why it's so intense is I, I haven't fully got it into the depths of my soul because in the depths of my soul, there is still some flawed beliefs that I have not fully transformed. And that's what I'm seeking to do with these circumstances. And it's funny because when you get hold of this in its truest essence, you can actually become grateful for the challenge points you go through. Because if you didn't have them, you wouldn't get to these deepest places. I was thinking about this, you know, this weekend. If everything was going the way I want, well, then there's, I'm not going to grow anymore. Because that little seed is not being triggered or challenged. And so I don't have to do anything about it. I can just stay where I'm at. And I don't think that's, I have this concept of this continuum of health that, that we live on a continuum from at the very bottom end is, is death. And at the very top end is wholeness or what I would call godliness. And I think there's the bottom half is that is that fear and sadness and anger, which I, it's funny because I think it fits not only psychologically, but physiologically that it starts as fear. We're anxious. Things aren't settled. We're, we're not quite right. Sadness is where things start to get overwhelmed and the body starts to become unhealthy and literally starts to get sick and dysfunctional. And then the last stage I think is anger because anger is destructive. And I think death is ultimately destruction. Whereas on the top side of that, once you can get into peace, then you open up the way to have joy. And the, and then and once we have joy, we can have loving or love, which I think is where true wholeness comes into play. And I think that's really what we're all seeking is my definition of happiness is peace, joy, and love in every moment of every day, regardless of the circumstances. And that's what I'm seeking. 
that's something I actually wanted to touch on because I know it's like you and I have talked about the fact, even in like the situation Mm -hmm. that it may hurt, it may be challenging that there's still good to be found within it. Yes. How are you, how, how are you looking and finding the good and not just being overwhelmed by the situation itself and then how do you balance that with like i'm sure you've met people like this where it's just like everything's good everything's roses and it's this detached um right reality you know what i mean where it's like right this is rough but sorry let me go back to your word and there's Uh good you know how do you live that balance that that tension there without going so far that it's like you're missing everything (laughs) you know the house forecloses and hey everything's great right 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 well and i i think one of the things i've sought my entire life is authenticity i you pollyanna people drive me crazy i'm like nobody's life's that rosy now it's okay to have a healthy mindset I think it also sometimes it's the personality. You know, I think, I think we tend to have a bent within ourselves. We, and I think it comes down to those three types of um, states. Thinkers in their best state are very calm, very peaceful, very, they're, they're kind of that solid rock when things are going crazy. And then the joy people, and it's funny because you're, you're, it's the flip side of the same coin. Peace and fear are the flip side of the same coin. It's the same energy. It's the direction or the perception of the energy. Same thing with joy and sadness, that your very joyful people are also the ones that have the highest potential for depression. And then love and anger are the flip side there as well. So those holy in the joy people. And they're not, it just, it, I'm big about authenticity. I think that's what's, what's helping me. It, it's, it's being able to be honest with what I feel. And, and it's this wordplay that makes all the difference in the world too. It's, it's what, it's the meaning that we attach to the experience. That's really the issue. You, you have this, you know, go back to, I couldn't pay the bill on time. Well, that means I'm poor. No. It just means you can't pay the bill on time. And what can you do about it? Because once it, I think we put emotions to things that emotions don't benefit. And then we don't put emotions to things that it do, that do benefit. I think emotions are meant to enhance the, the experience of peace, joy, and love. They're not the cause of peace, joy, and love, if that makes sense. They're this, I think emotions are the chemical, physical manifestations of our minds. And so I like so. so think about this. When you say I feel sad, what does that mean? What are you actually feeling? I think when we describe that we are experiencing a certain ratio of chemistry, you know, in the mental, emotional or mental health, they talk a lot about serotonin and dopamine. Well, I think and it's interesting because you can have a serotonin deficient depression and you can have a dopamine deficient depression and they're not the exact same depression so my thought is is there are certain ratios of chemicals that are a manifestation of our mindset that we oh i I believe we always manifest a mindset and if you're experiencing what you don't want then you got to take a look at your mindset if you are then keep at what you're doing And, and i think i don't remember if it was you that mentioned this or that because we can apply the same concept when things are going good. When I am feeling peace, when I'm feeling joy, when I'm feeling love, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling? Why am I feeling? Getting at the healthy side of it as well. Because we want to amplify those and then transform the ones that aren't as healthy. It's it's funny because I was talking to my wife before getting on here. And I kind of was expressing to her what I was feeling. And she goes, well... She was concerned because in my past, what I would have done is see life is bad. This is going wrong and this is going wrong and this is going wrong and this is going wrong. And that means it's bad. No, 
It just means this is not what I would want, and this is not what I'd want, and this is not. Now, it doesn't mean life isn't good. And and this kind of ties into, I I don't care what concept you have of God, divine, whatever, because I think a lot of people use different words that really mean the same thing. And and I found this really interesting. I was listening to this talk one time, and it was really more on money management. And the guy said, if you have a money issue or a fear about money, you don't trust the divine. And as I've changed my relationship with God or the divine, it changes the way I perceive things that come into my life. And this is, I think, what I'm really working on with this current situation is when we resist what comes comes into our life, we don't trust it, which means we don't trust the source of it. And for me, again, it was like, well, I don't trust it because I don't trust that you really care about me and you want the best. When I do, then even these tough things, which trigger emotions, because I feel emotions based upon an old pathway of thinking. And that's the thing that as I've grown, I have this awareness of going, I'm more aware of what's happening inside my being. I'm more aware of the thought patterns and the emotional responses and the beliefs that would be underneath them that now it's very difficult, if not impossible, to change or transform something you're not aware of. And so what's helping me in this situation is I'm aware of what I'm feeling. I don't, I don't fight against feelings like I used to. I'm just honest with myself and I don't judge what I think and what I feel. I'm just seeing them for what they are. They're just thoughts and feelings. The real thing I want to know is what's the belief that brought this about, you know, Go back to finances. If you knew in five days you're going to have $5 million deposited in your bank account, I don't care what hits you in the next four or five days. You ain't going to care. What we're doing is we're projecting a a story like we talked about earlier. We're projecting a story or telling a story based upon old thought patterns and belief systems that we're projecting into the future. That's really the whole issue. Because right in this moment, what am I actually experiencing? That's another thing I'm learning to do is What's occurring right in this moment? Because too many of us, we're either stuck in the past or we're projecting into the future and not really living in the now. And if I can learn to live in the now, then it makes it easier to deal with things. Yeah. It, dude. No, they, they just get so freaking deep. That's what I'm like. Well, I'm loving the fact that it's like we will often, like you've talked about, because of our pain, just put it off and bury it but in order to be self-aware we need to be able to look at it without being overwhelmed or medicating because of it and dude what you've shared here today i'm like i i was afraid to do i didn't want to go there it was like nope this is not even a possibility you know um here's Here's the, here's the problem with that. And this is, I guess what I hope to leave the concept with. And it goes back to that concept because of that, we tend to live in our head. We're missing out on or for our soul because that's really where the power comes from. And that's really where the experiences we want to experience. You can't think about your first grandchild. I haven't got to experience that yet. I'm looking forward to it. You didn't experience that experience in your head. You experienced it in your heart. You experienced it in your soul. When we cut ourselves off, from, we're cutting ourselves off from the power and the amplifier. Very true. Dude, Craig, you have definitely given some meat to be chewed on. <laughs> That's my hope. Well, you and I, I know from our visits, our conversations always go deep. It's like, is it time? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, um, I'm in the submarine. Yeah. How can people get in touch with you? Like if a guy's like going, Hey Craig, I, I want to go through this and understand right. more about this. How can somebody reach out to you, um, to, you know, find out more about what you're sharing? And uh, like you talked about docera digest. Um, right. You know, you guys are talking about Lyme disease and mold and all that kind of stuff. So if somebody's 
also looking for maybe insight on what they've been fighting and not had progress. Right. right. What's, what's well, the way to get those? A couple of different places. One, I'll actually mention one other podcast I got to be on that was called Market Mystics. I think you take a look at that. And they, oh, yeah. they called me the wizard of ahas. We, we talked a long time about some of these same type of concepts, and I'm sure there's stuff that came up on there uh, that would be good insight as well. Um, you can contact me at nocerlifecenter.com or actually Dr. Craig at nocerlifecenter.com. Um, I'm on most social medias. I'm just starting to, I want to start putting some of this stuff out there, some of these concepts we've talked about. I've not been good at doing social media, but as it gets up and going, you can look for me at Dr. Craig Farney on any of the, the uh, social media outlets. And if somebody has any really personal questions or in-depth, they can contact me at drfarney at gmail.com. I'm more than happy to answer any questions that I can because, you know, like you brought forth, I think that um, God gives us challenges so we can learn how to overcome them so we can help others that are dealt with the same challenges. And so I think that's as much as it's challenging, it's also a blessing. And I hope that I can share that with other people that my biggest hope is that, you know, I'm 58 years old and it has taken me a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of years to get to the point that I am. If I can give some life hacks to people to short, shorten that time frame at all. That's what I want to do. Well, you're definitely doing it, my friend. So I appreciate your openness and transparency. Yep. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. You're welcome. We will talk again soon. Sounds great. Take care. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode and remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.